Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to TopCon Talks Construction. This is one of our new podcasts, and I'm Mike Strom, the Regional Sales Manager for the Positioning Solutions Business Unit at TopCon Positioning. And today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Frank Lehman of Lehman Associates and Gary Oshner of Engineering Supply Company. Good morning, Frank and Gary. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Mike. How is everybody today? Upright and breathing, just living the dream, buddy. Doing good up here. <laughs> well, glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about a really unique project that Frank is involved with called the Reading Flying Salt Creek Bridge. But first, before we get into that a little bit, first, I'd like to talk to Gary a little bit about his background at uh, Engineering Supply Company and how you came about knowing and meeting Frank. That's a that's a real good question there, Mike. Um, so I'm uh, I'm just a sales uh, sales rep outside sales support. Uh, software for uh, engineering supply company selling Topcon equipment, obviously. Um, I've been with engineering supply for right around 23 years now. Um, I first met Frank probably right around 18, 20 years ago down at one of the uh, CLSA uh, chapter meetings. I'm sorry, not the chapter, but the uh, uh, conference down there. And we were in the exhibit hall. And I can almost recall it like it was yesterday. It flies by, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, Frank was uh, kind of moseying around the exhibitor's booth. And I just looked like that kind of guy that you want to come up and talk to. So Frank comes up to me and you could tell that something was uh, on his mind. And we started talking about back then it was uh, uh, his data collector. So we kind of uh, talked back and forth about it, and I could tell he was uh, interested in buying a new data collector. But I'm seeming to remember that he uh, was walking away and then coming back like a good consumer trying to beat me down in price here. But we we immediately had a good connection on this thing, and uh, you could tell we were going to have a good relationship. Um, once his data collector came in, uh, I ran it up to Reading for him, and uh, he had an existing... I believe it was a hyper light back then. And we, uh, we got him all connected up and trained up and uh, we've had just a beautiful relationship from then. Awesome. That's awesome, Gary. So now that we've talked about your, how, uh, Gary, you came to know Frank, I'd like to know from Frank, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your company, Layman and Associates? Sure. Um, I, I started out over in Humboldt County, uh, right after I had graduated from Humboldt state university, uh, I was hired by a local engineering company and uh, rose up through the ranks with them and uh, worked over in Eureka, then uh, went down to our office in Healdsburg, and then was given a company credit card and sent up to uh, Delnor County where Pelican Bay Prison was going to be constructed because we just won a large contract up there. So I was up there and I moved around wherever the, the company needed me. And always showed, I'd like to say, an aptitude for, you know, wanting to, to get up and move on uh, to new and better things. Uh, we ended up moving over here to Reading. My wife was transferred with a company that she was with. So I came over here and one of the competitors to my company over in Humboldt County hired me and I became the manager of their regional office. But after working there for a few years and uh, and just doing more personnel management rather than the surveying, forestry, and engineering-related work that I was used to, I decided to hang out my own shingle. So back in 1994, 
uh, I struck out on my own and, uh, I've, I've never looked back. Um, you know, starting my own business was one of the best things that I ever did. And I always say the only regret I had was not ever having done that maybe even a few years earlier than I did. But I, I am literally a one man shop. Um, I decided on that because some of the first experiences that I had in court were supporting um, an attorney that wasn't really involved with the main parts of the case, but he needed a translator, basically. So I sat next to him and translated it and did all that work. And I saw the other surveyors getting beat up by their opposing counsel for the fact that they were not the ones in the field doing most of the work, that it was their staff. So I decided from that moment forward that if I'm ever going to do legal work, which I decided I really liked, that I was going to have to be the one that made not only the decisions in the office, but did absolutely everything in the field. And so I, that's that's what basically started me off on the on the trail that I've since followed. And I've looked towards using the type of equipment that would allow me to do that, allow me to do it efficiently and uh, accurately. And uh, that's led me then to use uh, GPS. Uh, like Gary was saying, I started out very early on with the hyper, hyper light. Then I went to the hyper, uh, hyper HR. And now I'm at the hyper V at this point, the VR. And uh, I used robotic total stations. So I've kind of gone the whole gamut with the equipment over the years. Well, awesome. And also, Frank, so in, in that court work, you've also part of your career, you've also been very uh, busy doing expert witness things as well, it sounds like. Absolutely. Um, some years is probably been 60 percent of, of the work that I do. Um, it's I've I've been in court or or given depositions over 25 times at this point in time. Wow, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing all that information, Frank. You're welcome. So now that now we've talked a bit about your background. So now as far as what we would like to talk about here is this really interesting project you became involved with, which is out in Reading and it's the Flying Salt Creek Bridge. Could you tell us a bit about that project? Because it uh, sounds fascinating. Well, it, I was approached by the Reading Trail Alliance, one of the individuals uh, that is part of that group in conjunction with the city of Reading. Uh, and the city of Reading has just a magnificent trail system that uh, basically they're kind of nationally recognized for. They have hundreds of miles of, of, of trail that's intertwined with the city of Reading, with the BLM lands to the west, uh, with the Bureau of Reclamation lands to the north. And it's just a magnificent system. And what had occurred on this particular project, I, I was approached because part of this, uh, a, new, a new alignment was going to take it over part of one of my client's land. And I've done extensive surveying on behalf of the client and, you know, working with his perimeter and doing the boundary work on that and corner recovery. Uh, a part of this new trail uh, was going to cut through his property. And the reason that they had to come up with a new trail is a lot of people might know that we had the car fire up here, which just devastated you know, literally hundreds of miles of, of land around Whiskeytown Lake. And once the areas were burnt, people could start to see a lot of 
a lot of the geography that they hadn't seen or been aware of before. And one of those was that one of the neighboring properties that had had part of the trail located on their property, now they were aware that people were in essence trespassing on their property. And, you know, with the eyes towards liability that everybody has, they wanted the trail that was being utilized off of their property. And my client stepped forward and between his property and the BLM property that was adjacent, they were able to do a realignment of the trail, but it brought down to a point over this steep gorge in Salt Creek that was going to require some type of a bridge you know, or, or fill to get across that. And this is uh, in Redding, we're in California, so we've got sequel issues that we would have had to have dealt with at some point. But by spanning this with a bridge, they were going to be able to circumvent a lot of the issues that would normally come up. And so I was asked if I would topographically map an area around these two key points where they felt that the bridge alignment would best be served. So I was able to tie into the control network that I had established for my client on the adjacent land and deciding that the best tool then was going to be the... uh, GPS, my hyper unit, I went ahead and set up and topographically mapped the site in the morning, went back to the office in the afternoon and created a topographic map with one foot contours for them and then expedited that over to my contact at the city because they need to get this bridge not only mapped but designed and bought and paid for so that it fit into the current budget year. So we just ran this thing through and they contacted an engineering designer who was able to design the abutments that were going to fit this bridge. And the unique thing about this bridge was because everybody is so conscious of the fire dangers now, Uh, Instead of it being a wood bridge, this was going to be a steel and fiberglass composite bridge that was going to be utilized to span. So they went ahead and were able to have the bridge designed. They ordered it and, and it came all the way from the East Coast via truck and they brought it and parked it on the adjacent uh, large residential construction project that was underway. So thankfully, there were a lot of open space and some building pads that had yet to be constructed on. And they parked the uh, bridge and uh, they contracted then with a local helicopter firm because they felt there was literally no way to get this bridge down to the uh, creek site itself because it is so steep. If you look on Google Earth, it's pretty amazing to see how steep and rugged this area is right where the bridge was. So they contracted with a local local firm, PJ Helicopters, out of Red Bluff, and they had a heavy lift helicopter that was capable of, of just picking this bridge up. And it's amazing because I won't go into a lot of detail, but when that helicopter came up here, they had to strip it down to be able to fit to the, uh, the the maximum weight characteristics that this thing could handle. The bridge was coming in at around 70,000 pounds. And so they had to uh, 
minimize the material that was inside the helicopter, kind of stripped, stripped it down naked. And they didn't put a full tank of gas in the helicopter. They put in just that amount necessary that they felt would be needed to be able to lift this bridge up and then carry it down to that site. And I'll tell you, um, they didn't tell me the day that this thing was being installed because I probably would have been a nervous wreck about it because the specs on it were so tight. The abutments needed to be 70.14 feet apart and this bridge was 70 feet long. So I had 1400s overall gap. So you can imagine 700s on either side of this thing. So the abutments had to be squared up. They had to be the exact distance apart to put this thing together. And then PJ came in there with their uh, utility Hawk helicopter, picked up the sling load from that. And in the video that was actually taken, you can see them lift off with that bridge, carry it down Canyon a little bit, and then bring it up and hover over the two abutment sites. And with crews on either side, grabbing the guy wires, strings, uh, and ropes from that bridge, they lower it down and it's stunning that that helicopter pilot could finesse that that heavy load uh, in that narrow little canyon area and get that bridge just nestled right in there. And uh, if I had been there, like I said, I'm sure I would have been biting my fingernails, even though I haven't bitten them since I was a little kid. But uh, just watching the video is one thing, but to have actually staked it and then gone down afterwards and uh, be only able to put my my finger between the concrete abutment and the edge of the bridge on both sides uh, that was something that you know you need good equipment for uh, stuff you have to be able to rely on and uh, you know when you do something yourself which is what I which <laughs> something I, I always do like I say the buck stops with me um, I, I, I didn't feel comfortable until after it was all done and, you know, the bridge was in the ground and, uh, it, it feels really good to have seen, seen that installed and then to have been part of it. Um, amazing to me. Well, that's amazing, Frank. Now you, to remind us, you actually, you're a one man show. So when you did all of the topographic surveys and the layout, did you, you did that all by yourself? Uh, absolutely. And I got to tell you that, you know, I've been doing that pretty much my whole life. I'm also a registered forester. So I've been out by myself, miles away from people cruising timber, doing those things. And and the same goes with serving. You know, it's just the way I've always, I've always been. But one of the coordinators of the project uh, emailed me and said, Frank, just an FYI, I think I saw what has got to be the biggest rattlesnake I've ever seen in my life down there by the south abutment. So just be aware of that. So <laughs> 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 when you're sitting on, on the ground, you know, scratching a little X on a rock as a control point, you know, you're, you're looking around. But after having lived in Reading now for 32 years, um, I've seen a handful of rattlesnakes, but you just know, you know, how and where to behave around them. But it still puts you on edge a little bit. Sure. And you never did run into that little guy, did you? No, haven't seen him. OK, good. So when, when you were doing all these activities, as far as the, the survey, the topo, the layout, did you run into any other issues that were a challenge to get around with those very tight tolerances? 
Well, you know, not since I was able to do the work myself, like I said, that that's what I like about it. I'm able to rely on myself and my equipment. Um, getting down there, uh, it, it's nice to have, be able to take just the minimal amount of equipment that I needed. Uh, even though it wasn't that far geographically from where I could park, it's very steep. Uh, having to cross the creek numerous times uh, when it has water in it. And, you know, when you're carrying equipment, um, you know, having lightweight equipment uh, that I had kind of leaned for and, uh, you know, talked to Gary about, um, you know, I, I always felt good about that because Gary has always worked with me and knows what it is that I do and what I need. And so, you know, I, I, I think I've got the best equipment for the type of a task that, that I was involved with on that day. Okay, excellent. So in general, as far as the, what impact has the use of this technology had on your product productivity, your accuracy and your competitiveness in general in your, in your business? Well, I'm able to take on virtually every type of a project that, you know, any other firm would typically send a two or a three man crew out to work on. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, like I said, the, the GPS equipment um, and the, you know, the data collect, you know, the one thing I like is the data collector that I use uh, operates both my total station the robotic total station, as well as the GPS equipment. So it kind of minimizes my cost. Everything kind of works together. So from that regard, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good set of tools for me to utilize. And it, like I said, it made, makes me very competitive. Um, after having managed the local engineering company over here that I was hired, hired to operate, you know, I know what, what I was able to do with my staff, with them. And uh, I'm doing those same types of jobs myself at this point in time. So it, it keeps me very competitive. Prior to the robotic, um, I had a standard, you know, a standard total station and I had multiple little mini prisms that I would have on staffs that I would, you know, take five out, spread five out take five shots from the gun, go out, pick those prisms up, move them over to another series of points, go back and shoot them. And now I eliminate all that back and forth uh, with the robotic controls right from the prism and staff. You know, I'm able to give not only, you know, a shot that I know is where I want it to be, but I'm also at the point that I'm needing to describe. And since I'm there on the ground, I can better describe what it is versus having to communicate to, you know, a head shaman that would otherwise be out there, you know, telling me wh how or what size of pipe he thinks it is versus how I would describe it. So it's made, I think it's made my descriptions, my, my products actually better uh, because the information that I'm gathering is the information that is going to ultimately be put on, you know, the map plot or document that I'm creating. Well, excellent. I appreciate that information. That's really interesting. So the last thing I want to ask you, Frank, is, is tell us how your involvement with Gary and engineering supply company has helped you in general with your company and, and projects you've done since you've had the opportunity to work with them. Well, like Gary was saying before, you know, we go way back. Um, and, and I, I was thinking about it. Uh, it, you know, it's been since 2007 that Gary and I first met. And it, it's one of those things where 
literally Gary has become a friend. I, I think I, I value him more as a friend than I do a, a salesman, but he's well, been, that, yeah, he's been very upfront um, with me and you know, the, the support that I've gotten from him is something that, you know, it, it's literally invaluable. Um, I have to say that there have been times, you know, when, and I try to keep my weekends as my weekends. You know, that's the one goal I had as being a sole proprietor is that when I leave my office at, you know, 530 or whatever on a workday, I go home and my workday is over at that point. And most of the time, that's the way I treat my weekends, too, is that I, I treat myself the way I'd always want, you know, and have treated employees in the past. But there are those occasions when you have to to do something for a client because of circumstances, timing or whatever that, uh, you know, that a client has that you want to meet their needs. And on more than once, I have to say, over this long term relationship I've had with Gary and his support, I've called him even on a Sunday. And once, you know, it was right after a church service and he said, you know, hold on for Frank, you know, for a minute, I'll, uh, I'll run outside. And, you know, he walked me through what I had to do to, uh, you know, to, to correct the issue that I was having at that point. And that's just, you know, support and, and friendship that just goes beyond the, the, the realm, I think of most engineering companies or, or more salesmen at all. Uh, it, just amazing. And I, and I think Gary knows that, but, uh, you know, he, he truly is a friend and, and I've invited him to go fishing in one of these days. Darn, he should come up and go fishing with me. Yeah, I appreciate that, Frank. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, in, in our line of work, Mike, you know, as well as I do, if a guy's going to call you on a Saturday or Sunday, he's not calling to say, hey, my equipment's working great. Um, You've always got to, uh, you got to be there for your customers. And like I said, Frank is, is more than a customer at this point. He is a, a truly a good friend and uh, any way I can help him at all. I just, uh, I just appreciate doing uh, business with him and, and love his input. Um, thanks for that. Thanks for that, Frank. More than welcome. Thanks for you, that too, Gary. I mean, you you definitely take great care of your customers, and it's evident by customers just like Frank, and I've heard of many of them, so I appreciate you sharing that bit. So both Frank and Gary, uh, thank you so much for your time and sharing with us, uh, Frank, about this awesome story and about your, your company and your experience. And Gary, thank you for your time. I appreciate everybody joining us today on this podcast, and we're going to sign off now. Everybody have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.